Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. Welcome to Beyond the Rut, the weekly podcast that discusses faith, family, fitness, finances, and future possibility in the hopes of inspiring and equipping you to make your own path and live the life you've always dreamed of beyond the rut. I'm one of your hosts, Jerry, and in just a moment, Brandon Cunningham is going to join me as we have a conversation with Christina Nidanova. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. It's COVID-19, the pandemic, we're shut down. What does a 12-year-old do during that time of lockdown? Well, I'll tell you what this person did. Christina wrote and finished her first novel. In fact, it's a novel she started when she was nine years old. And as she was doing her schooling from home and connecting with her parents and talking with her parents, she just realized, you know, I want to write a novel. I want to do it now. And they connected the dots for her to be able to get the resources, the education training needed to self-publish her first novel at 12 years old. What were you doing when you were 12? What are you doing now? So sit back and relax. Maybe whip out a piece of paper and start jotting down ideas for your book, whatever it may be, or a blog post or an article. As we have a conversation with Christina, who at this time is 12 years old, telling us about her first book being written, what she learned from it, and where she plans to go with the rest of her life. Here we go. All right. Hey, Brandon, thank you, by the way, for raising Cane. So that was my first time ever having, not chicken, but... <laughs> I just raised Cane but all over fried chicken from raising Cane's. <laughs> yeah. Now, hopefully I didn't carb load too much and pass out on you in this next interview. But how are you doing? I'm great now. I've got food, so... Same here. Yeah, your wife's awesome. She's... Absolutely. Yeah. I'm not saying my wife's Keeps not awesome. Alive. I'm saying that yours is awesome because she drove like many <laughs> miles down the road, picked up lunch, brought it to us, snuck it into the building, dropped it off for us, and then <laughs> snuck out. And... I mean, that's just awesome. Although she did I mean, let the door shut pretty loud. I heard I that, could edit that yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not on this episode we're hearing that. So, ha! Take that, people from the past. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, we're not here to talk about lunch or fried chicken tenders and french fries. Oh, man, it's still... <laughs> I couldn't... I could go for seconds. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, that's probably why I got overweight in the first place. So, um, anyway, the reason why we're here is... It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about it's about our author here who's on the show with us. This is Christina. How are you doing, Christina? Hello. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm doing great. How are you? Awesome. And it's great to have you on here because this is where we get to rub it into all our friends who've ever wanted to write a book who keep saying, oh, someday I'll write a book. Someday. <laughs> it's like, you know what? We got this teenager here who did it mm-hmm. and exactly. published it and is making sales. And you know, so you're the author of The Black Sisterhood Files. Yes, uh, The Black Sisterhood Files. And I mentioned before mm-hmm. we started recording that I, I didn't get a chance to read it before the show. Um, well, I did do my homework and read your bio and all that stuff. Uh, but I did download this because after we're recording today, my wife and I are going to Austin, and then tomorrow we're flying to Walt Disney World, and this is the awesome. book I'm going to be reading on that That's flight. Great. So, yeah. yeah. Awesome. So I'm glad we have you because you are one of these people. And I know we tried to connect uh, a couple of months ago. We were going to have you on and some things didn't work out with the scheduling. Mm-hmm. But what fascinated me about your story is the fact that you were so young, but you did something because you wanted to do it. Nobody forced you to do it. It wasn't a, oh, how am I going to pay the bills kind of thing? You you yeah, went out there and, you. and built something for yourself. That. That's you. really cool. Yeah. <laughs> what made you want to write a book? So I actually have been an avid reader for 
a very um, long time. As in, I started reading authors such as Arthur Conan Doyle and Stephen King when I was around seven to eight years old, and that really, really got me into the crime fiction and thriller category. So I began to read more books in that genre, and ultimately, I decided to create a masterpiece of my own that followed. Um, that genre because I was really into horror and at first I just began by writing short stories and poems but I literally started writing the chapter book and my first draft went very well so I decided to proceed with publishing that is just crazy did, did thank you did you what made you think you could maybe write a book and get it published I don't know actually I just took the <laughs> risk because I figured if it worked out in the end that'd be a very fulfilling experience that's awesome. And the reason I ask you that question is because I know there's people listening and, and they have all kinds of excuses for why they can't do things. You just didn't pay attention to any of that stuff. It's like you're too young. You're, you know, blah, yeah, blah, blah. No, you yeah, just I like, try, I want to yeah. do it. Yeah, I try not to set any excuses for myself because I knew that I'm only a teenager for a soul and I want to accomplish as much as possible and fulfill my dreams while I'm still in this age where I sell people to support me. I don't exactly have to worry about factors just as you said paying the bills i can just do things for my own enjoyment i love that the cool thing um so i know among financial advisors when they talk about compounding interest so the the power of compounding (laughs) interest and i'm thinking about this because we just recorded an interview with a finance advisor guy and so now i'm thinking about compound interest on experiences and um, and when I talk about experiences I mean experiences say in writing so you started at the age of you started this book at 11 is that right no nine Nine. Yes. <laughs> Take that, Who waits America. Until they're eleven. Come on. Eleven's <laughs> yeah. too late. We gotta go at nine. I wrote a book so, when I was eight. <laughs> so the point I'm making, though. Um, so a lot of financial advisors make the point of if you start investing at say eleven years old or twelve years old, and you put away fifty dollars a month into a investment account by the time you are 25 or 30 years old you will have a million dollars and you just that grows exponentially from there but then mm-hmm. if you put it aside starting at the age of 30 or 45 or 50 um you know 50 dollars a month you get nowhere near that you yep. get maybe fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars and uh, yeah. so the point i'm making is you started at nine years old to write um you published your first book at the age of 11 or 12 and 12 12, 12 in May. And mm-hmm. so you already got that experience under your belt. Mm-hmm. And now mm-hmm. you're probably still writing. I, I'd assume you're working on another project? Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm working on my second novel at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> and so by the time you have finished high school and you're going off to college, you've got multiple books already published. And then you go mm-hmm. and you get those experiences and that knowledge in college. You're probably still going to be mm-hmm. writing then. And then by the time you're considered an adult, I'm doing air quotes. Yeah. <laughs> you're super old, like 25. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're gonna have yeah. so much experience in writing uh, those drafts mm-hmm. and pouring over and editing and shaping a uh, a fictional world because that to me is harder than writing nonfiction because mm-hmm. nonfiction you're going off of facts you can fact check things yeah. in a fictional world you're creating a world from your head mm-hmm. onto paper and people have got to believe it. And that's and what a fictional world is. Exactly. Good job. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm going to pat myself <laughs> on the back here. Uh, I love how you presented it, though. It was a masterpiece. It's not one book. It's You're, you're planning this yeah, whole no. thing. Uh-huh. Yeah, because I know that, um, for example, even when I'm not working on a novel, I'm always constantly either reading or gaining creativity, writing short stories, and I'm just working on making this a trope of mine. Yeah, like a journey. That's mm-hmm. awesome. So do you have other uh, siblings? 
I do. Yeah, I have an older sister. And and what does she do? Is she like cured cancer or is she doing anything or is she kind of a slacker? No, she's actually a violinist. She's won multiple awards. Of course. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she plays for her school orchestra. She plays sometimes. Uh, she actually was in Walt Disney World in Orlando a couple of months ago before oh. the pandemic started. She played there with her orchestra class. She's nice. won yeah a couple of awards over the years. She's been playing since she was six years old. Of course. So tell us a little bit about your upbringing. Like, how did you get to become this person that wanted to write a book? How did your parents kind of raise you to think there's really no limits? You can do anything. I learned to read at a very young age. I think I was two when I learned to read. And I read my first chapter book in kindergarten. So it was some chapter book that it was silly, but it was my first chapter book. So I guess that counts. (laughs) Um, And... I wrote a short story in second grade one time that was based off of some, uh, sorry, Goldilocks and the Three Bears. I just twisted it with some other fairy tales. And I remember my second grade teacher gave me some amazing feedback on it. And she said that she sees potential in me as a writer. So that's actually what really motivated me to get more into writing than reading. Wow. that That's so important to our audience mm-hmm. and just people in general. You could speak life into somebody that mm-hmm. ends up writing, you know, yeah. and it could be somebody yeah. in second grade. You don't know yeah. who you're going to mm-hmm. impact. So what, do your, hopes so, yes. what do your friends think about you writing? And do they think that's really odd or are they just yeah, no, a lot of no, actually, Yeah, no, they think it's pretty cool. My <laughs> friends have been really supportive of me so far, and I'm grateful for that. That's awesome. I love your attitude because you, you just tend to kind of filter out the other stuff and you mm-hmm. stick with what is good and productive yeah. and, yeah. and yeah, the positivity encouraging. Yeah. Productivity, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what made you want to write this genre versus, you know, uh, teen fiction of love mm-hmm. and vampires and all that kind of stuff in the woods or whatever it is? <laughs> yeah, the so Twilight yeah, I'm thing. not really into that kind of stuff. <laughs> like if you asked me if I could read a Stephen King book or a vampire romance book, I would definitely choose Stephen King any day. I mean, I have a whole <laughs> shelf of Stephen King. Here's just one. What? I have, see, he's my favorite author. So I guess when I read my first Stephen King book, that's, or my first Arthur Conan Doyle, that's when I really realized that crime fiction is the category in the genre that I am passionate about and I feel and I'm captured by and I feel a sort of connection to. Mm-hmm. It's also a very popular, um, category in podcasting right now the the crime yeah, uh, is, true yeah. crime is very yeah. popular we don't mm-hmm. want her in podcasting though because she would take over that's just who she is she would come up with something <laughs> awesome and plenty of room in this yeah, space yeah. brandon we plenty don't of room. we don't do it but, <laughs> so what do you do when people say well what do you know about crime and stuff because you're you're a kid you've probably not lived in too many rough places like what would you know about that genre mm-hmm. I read a lot of true crime, meaning um, stories and books based on real events that happened all around the world. And people do ask actually ask me that question quite often, but I just try to react to it with an understanding attitude because I can see where they're coming from with that point. It is a valid point. However, I do, I do know that I may not have as much experience as somebody who's underwent some true crime events in their life. But I do read a lot of books that are based on that genre and nonfiction crime. So, yeah, that's my explanation. She may be my favorite person ever now. I just, I'm fascinated by her. <laughs> this, wait, so your much. kids listen to the show, man. <laughs> Maddie, you need to pick it up. You're 19 years old. You hadn't written anything. Slacker. Come on. No, that's uh, the Asian dad in yeah, me coming out. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, what what do you want to do next? Like what is, what, I, I guess not next as far as this masterpiece, but what do you want to do like long-term? Just be a writer? That's kind of your long-term goal? 
I don't think my long-term goal is to be a writer because I feel as if that's a little bit of a, like a side, not necessarily side hustle, but just a side um, hobby to do because I want to keep writing books my entire life. I do want to become a lawyer at some point because I really love law. I've actually read a couple law books, a couple legal thrillers. That's one of my favorite genres as well. Yeah, that's, that's, that, that's where I see myself in around 10 years, maybe getting my law degree. Hopefully I'm trying to work towards that, but Something yeah. tells me it won't take you 10 years. It probably in a couple of years you'll have it, I would think. Thank you. I really appreciate <laughs> that. Thank you. You're, you're very clear on what you want to do, and it's not limited by anybody else's life. You, you're you living your life, and I love yeah, that at no, your age. Yeah, that's live, not common. I live for myself and my goals. I mean, of course, I live for my family, too, and my <laughs> friends, but mostly for myself and for my goals. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. And that's actually a really interesting mindset, not just for your age. I mean, for any age, because we run into people oh, yeah. our age, <laughs> yeah. and they still have no and clue older. what they want to do with their lives. <laughs> they have these dreams, but they have no deadlines set to them. Mm-hmm. Um, there are people we know who want to write a book, and then they just talk themselves out of it. Oh, I don't want anybody to pick on it. I don't want anybody to poo-poo it. I don't want anybody yeah. to you know make fun of me. What if I'm wrong? And like, mm-hmm. it's like, just do it. You know, yeah. the, the feedback. Yeah. Just, yeah. just do it. I mean, life's too short to not take any risks because uh, at the end of it, you'll just be haunted by your own regrets. That's mm-hmm. it. Wow. Yeah. I'm going to have to check her ID. I think she's a little closer to about 40, <laughs> but it's such a great perspective on the world. So uh, how did you figure out how to publish a book? Like, what was your first few steps? I did a lot of research. I actually had some mentors in the process, which my parents introduced me to, such as Daniel Pink, mm-hmm. Michelle Hillier, uh, some more authors, and they really, really helped me out with the publishing and the querying process. Ultimately, I decided to go on the self-publishing road because I'd have a lot more independence that way. And for example, when you're with a traditional publisher, I believe you have to tell them every single time you go on a podcast <laughs> or you write an article or you go somewhere, and I don't want that because I just want to be independent and make my own decisions for myself. So I took the self-publishing route. Nice. That's really good. Yeah, and sometimes the editor or the publisher will tell you how to rewrite portions yeah. of the book to yeah. hit a yeah, certain target true. audience. And, mm-hmm. you know, here you get to actually mess with the art form a little bit more yeah. uh, by doing that. So, yeah. yeah. Your voice. That's good. Mm-hmm. So, whenever you first approached your parents about this, what was their reaction to it? Their initial reaction was a little bit of surprise obviously but mostly excitement they were really excited they supported me throughout the whole journey so i'm very appreciative for that and how did you write this did you write it all all at night or weekends whenever you weren't doing schoolwork and stuff or how did you figure mm-hmm. out the time schedule so, so i would usually come home from school and work on my book for a couple of hours write my book because it took a lot of time to edit and draft it it took me about a year to write it, obviously, because I'd on and off schedule with schoolwork and with tests and with exams and everything. But I found a lot of time on the weekends or on holiday breaks, such as winter break or Thanksgiving break or something to write my book. So does that cut down on your social activity? Did you not? Did you miss some it parties did. and fun yeah, stuff? Did. <laughs> yeah, because I was very busy with writing my book and schoolwork and sports and all other activities. So it did cut down on my social life, but... I was grateful to have friends who understood that and regarded it with, um, you know, uh, 
understanding. Yeah. I don't really know how else to phrase it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's a good season to know who your, re- your friends really are too. Right. Because yeah, the ones who are yeah. supportive are going to be there for you and not demand yeah. your time. And the ones who aren't are going to be like, Oh, that's stupid. Why are you working on that? Yeah. Let's go hang out instead. And you're like, oh. yeah, yeah. And there were a couple friends like that. So actually that period of time also helped me realize who was a true friend and who wasn't. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's good. And girls sometimes can be really hard on each other. Oh, they yeah. don't support that's each other very well sometimes. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's always yeah. good. So the first one took you about a year. How long do you think the second one's going to take you? Like what lessons did you learn that maybe you won't repeat? Yeah, I think it will definitely take um, a much shorter time than it did to draft my first novel because I learned a lot of lessons about when I was writing my first book, I kept on going back and back to edit every single paragraph. And now I know from going to multiple um, writing workshops and just from my own experience that you just write the book all the way through and then you go back and edit once it's completely done because you can't keep hindering your progress. You just have to finish it. That's the best way to conquer any writer's block or hesitance or anything else. Wow, I love that. The The cool thing about that perspective is you took advantage of the uh, mentors, you took advantage of the research, you took advantage of the just the knowledge that you, the workshops and everything that was available to you. Mm-hmm. It wasn't given to you, but it was presented. So you went and took advantage mm-hmm. of it. Yeah, I think sometimes yeah. we meet mentors or maybe have access to stuff, but we don't take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just try to take advantage of any opportunity that was presented to me any mentors or workshops or anything because I knew it would be for my own benefit. So, yeah. Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now let's talk about how you can use CapShow to repurpose and market your content. If you have a business like me, you can upload your cornerstone long-form content like podcast episodes or YouTube videos into CapShow and it will create all your content marketing assets for you. And here's the coolest part. CapShow is more than just a robotic AI tool. It's a powerful blend of artificial and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people on more platforms. Go to beyondtherut.com slash CapShow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself. Now, back to the show. I just want to take a quick moment to share with you a free tool we give out to our listeners called Measure It to Make It. Our episodes talk a lot about future possibility, about what life can be and where you can take your life. Whatever that is for you, we want you to have a tool to be able to write it down, make it clear on tablets in a sense, as they say in the Bible. Because when you have your plan, your goals written out Clearly, succinctly, you have a variety of tools at your disposal that you can reference all the time. The first thing is being able to measure your progress. That's why the tool is called Measure It to Make It. Because if you're able to measure where you are and see where it is in relation to where you're going, you get an idea of where your progress is. The other thing is you can identify guardrails. Guardrails are the things that you absolutely will do to pursue your dream as well as the things you absolutely won't do while you're pursuing your dream. And these guardrails help keep you on your path 
out of the rut as you pursue that success. So go to beyondtherut.com slash goals, download it for free. You have the option to sign up for our newsletter, but that's not required. This is totally for free. No gimmicks, no catch. We're not going to sign you up for a webinar, then ask for a thousand dollars, at least not yet. Uh, in any case, it's a free tool. It's called Measure It to Make It. It's uh, a few pages that are just going to walk you through. How do I identify and clarify my purpose, my calling, and then what are those steps to get me there? So again, that is beyondtherut.com slash goals. Go download it while you continue to listen to this episode. Now back to the show. What do you say to somebody that says, you know, they don't they don't have a mentor or they don't want a mentor. They want to just kind of be alone and, and do their own thing. I think that's a really questionable um, statement for somebody to <laughs> declare because Everybody needs a mentor. Everybody started off with somebody who coached them. For example, Serena Williams didn't just become a pro tennis player overnight. She had coaches and mentors who guided her along that path. And I actually, I've been working with a lot of aspiring authors and then giving them tips on writing the first book and publishing and querying and all of that because, you know, I, I know how advantages it can be to have a mentor and I want to be that mentor for other authors completely just free of cost, free of anything. I just want to dedicate my time to that. Wow. You have such a giving spirit. And, Thank and you. I really I, appreciate that. I, I love you. your per- – I wish people could have seen her face when I made that comment about not using mentors because she was just like well, – <laughs> It was almost an eye roll. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like I'm going to California, but I'm going to walk. It's like, why? Take a car. <laughs> yeah, that no, doesn't make yeah. any sense. Uh, yeah. And, and those those are, are, are kind of like adrenaline or, uh, you know, the, the steroid shot. They move you faster, further along <laughs> because they will help you. But I think a lot of it, too, is your attitude of I want to take advantage of mentors. But then I want to give mm-hmm. back as a mentor yeah. and mm-hmm. help and encourage yeah. other people. Yeah, because I don't just want to take. I want to both take and then give. But not exactly right. take because it's not really – well, it is taking, but I want yeah. to give back too. Mm-hmm. But but you're you're appreciating yeah. what you have. You're like, yeah, I appreciate this knowledge yes. and this, this yeah, mentor's advice. I definitely advice. appreciate all my mentors and – people who have presented me with their expertise. So you seem like the kind of person too, that uh, has kind of a low tolerance for people who waste time. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Um, yeah. It's good you, that my daughter, you, could you and my daughter that. would get along really well because <laughs> mm-hmm. her number one pet peeve. Um, now she's 17, but her number one pet peeve since she's been, you know, whatever. Um, was people who make up excuses. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. if you want to see her get annoyed and shut you down and basically give you a swift kick in the rear end, whether it's metaphorically or literally, <laughs> you just feed her excuse after excuse after excuse. Right. And she's, I mean, she's going to shoot holes yeah. in every single one of them. Mm-hmm. And then eventually she's done with you. <laughs> like that person yeah. has no ambition mm-hmm. in life. I am tired of it. And it's like, what? Mm-hmm. what? So. so Christina, if somebody read your book, what would you hope they come away from that story? What would you want them to Talking if about the somebody said, hey, Black Sisterhood Files? Yeah. One? If they, they said, hey, I read it, and you ask them, what did it mean to you? Like, what, what did you get out of it? What would you hope they say? That's a really good question. I think um, my book mostly follows the trope of friendship because it discusses six girls' adventure to reveal the identity of a mysterious killer who has massacred their hometown and how they stick together through everything, even as they undergo many hardships and you know, fluctuations in their life. So I think I would love for people to extract from my novel 
a sense that friendship is very important and establishing relationships and connections in your life is very significant. Wow, that's really good. And a lot of people your age don't understand that, that, that the, you're making small investments for mm-hmm. long-term gains yeah. in life mm-hmm. with these people and friends. Yeah. And is that how you live your life? Do you have some pretty close friends? Yeah, I actually, yeah, I do have some really close friends that I try to stick with because I know that, you know, I'd rather have one loyal friend than a million friends who are who are disloyal because it's you know as the quote goes it's about the quality not the quantity. Wow! So I think if you went to your parents and just said I'm going to move out, that, that I'd be okay with that because you seem like you can take care of yourself. <laughs> you don't really need any more raising. Thank I think you're probably. Thank you. They might disagree, but and don't move out of your house yet. But <laughs> now you're yeah, finally no, going to yeah. get some hate mail from mom and dad right here. Yeah. Even even though you may mm-hmm. be camp pay the bills yet you're mentally thinking in terms of what matters and what doesn't matter and and a lot of stuff out there doesn't matter (laughs) and and there's some things that really matter a lot and you're focused on those and that's really good because you're going to build a a great legacy for yourself of somebody who invest in people and invest Mm -hmm. in you know other things that'll that'll pay some huge dividends in life i Mm -hmm. think that's really cool So I think if I was going to compare you to a Stephen King or a Grisham or one of those guys, I would say you're you're light years ahead of where they were at that very young age because they were doing it as yeah. a career or they wanted to tell a story. You're really doing it to invest in people. And and mm-hmm. I think yeah, that I'm will make all the difference yeah. for you. Thank you. Yeah, that's what I'm doing it for. So you guessed that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's cool. Speaking of Stephen King, um, what is it about his writing that you love so much? That, that inspires you? I That's a great question. I love how his writing is very enticing. From the first page, he can captivate readers. For example, his um, most recent book was published in April. I obviously got it as soon as it was published. <laughs> and as soon as it arrived, I began to read it. And I had many things planned for that, ta- that day. So I just told myself, one chapter and you're done. I read the whole book in one day. <laughs> wow. Because I, I just couldn't put it down. Because the characters were so well developed, as was the premise and the plot. And Stephen King, he really just, he really knows how to attract readers to keep reading his books. And I respect him a lot for mm-hmm. that because it's not easy to do that. Yeah. I think the thing I like about his writing so much, um, he does a really good job of painting pictures in your head with mm-hmm. words. So yes. when he's. I definitely agree with that. Yeah. Like he'll take, what, three or four pages just to describe to you a room. What's in the room, mm-hmm. right down to the brand of the radio in the corner, mm-hmm. <laughs> on yeah. top of the dirty, musty rug that's from like a, a folk art yeah. weaver uh-huh. in Kentucky, and you're just like, "What? <laughs> this is so much mm-hmm. premise!" And like nothing's happening in the the three or four pages. It's just him telling you what's in the room. Yeah. But mm-hmm. then, and that used to annoy me when I was more impatient. But then when I learned why he does it, I'm like, you know what? I felt like I was in that room. And see, yeah, I agree because most authors, when describing something in too much detail for like three or four pages, it'd be really idle and I just put mm-hmm. the book down right away. But with Stephen King, it's like I want to keep reading, even though he's just describing a room in four pages. Yeah. You just want to keep reading because he manages to make it so intriguing. You, you can almost mm-hmm. smell the mustiness in a mm-hmm. room or the dustiness of a yes, an old yeah. couch or, you know, just, you know, whether or not, like how gritty. 
a piece of wood on the windowsill is. Mm-hmm. It's just like he does a really good job. I don't know. I'm, I'm fanboying he, here over Stephen King. With, he seems to be that, doing yeah. okay. So yeah. you know his career's going all right. I guess you know. Yeah, it's okay. I mean, it could be a little better. <laughs> yeah, you know? he, he's making it. He's, not, he's struggling <laughs> yeah. a little bit, but he'll get. There. He might need a little. Yeah, he's, he might need a little nudge in the right direction. Yeah. But he's once he fun. hears you're coming up behind him, he'll work a little harder because you know he'll want to outdo it. Who's who's an author that you've never met that you would love to? Uh, well, Stephen King. Yeah. But other than Stephen King, I'd love to meet. Actually, I'm really picky when choosing favorite authors, so probably J.K. Rowling. Oh, yeah. Because Harry Potter was literally the defining series of my entire childhood. I mean, I've literally reread those books around, I don't know, 10 times, 11 times. <laughs> I love them. I love them so much. Awesome. Yeah. I've been on deployments when I was in the Army where uh, a particular sergeant would not go on a patrol unless he could bring his latest copy of Harry Potter with him. <laughs> like they, they left the gate. This was in a little outpost in a town called um, Partesh. And um, I remember him and his team getting into their two Humvees. They drive out the gate. They're going to patrol the streets of Partesh. But they get down the hill and they halt. Like, I mean, if, if there were screeching tires, there would be screeching tires. But instead, they were on gravel, so they just skidded a little bit. And then you just see the, the back Humvee hightail it in reverse up the hill through the gate and then somebody comes sprinting out of the building i see a window go down an arm come out of the window and something is handed off and i'm i'm on radio watch at the time so i look outside and down at the scene and i i was just dumbfounded it was a book and it was being handed off. I'm like, aren't they going on patrol? And they're like, yeah, they're actually going to set up an OP. But I mean, Sergeant so and so needs to have his book. Need and I'm like, have my Harry what Potter. book is it? And they're like, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, oh, that's my favorite one in this series. <laughs> Goblet of Fire, yeah. He halted an actual patrol and so, came back for Harry Potter. What do you think of the movies versus the book? The difference? Oh, in- the, the books are definitely better. Yeah. Hands down, the books are. 100%. I mean, I love the movies, too, but the books, it's just, you can't really um, recreate how well J.K. Rowling emphasizes and elaborates upon the wizardry world of Harry Potter. What about Stephen King? Have you seen any of his movies? I actually haven't seen any of the movies because Good. I read <laughs> tons of horror books, but I'm not one for horror movies. I just, I can't watch horror movies, uh, so I haven't watched any Stephen King The movies. best adaptation, probably the only adaptation I would say was done well, was The Green Mile. Ah. With Tom Hanks. The Green Mile, actually, yeah, I haven't read the book yet, but I've both, heard about it. Both are well, really well done. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Other than that, most of his horror stuff does not translate well coming from. Yeah, you, you just can't him. really replicate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's hard well, the, to do. The that. imagination will always be better than reality because what yes. the world you yeah. can build is beyond anybody's imagination yeah. right now. So yeah. there are very, very rare cases where the movie is actually better than the book. I mean, there are a couple obviously, but very rare. My yeah. oldest son is like you. He loves to read the books, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. the movies he just complains yeah. about because he's like, yeah, Oh, no. they missed it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. They took out my favorite yeah. part again. <laughs> so yeah, uh, yeah, that, yeah, that's what they do in Harry Potter. They took out my favorite part a bunch of times, especially in order of the Phoenix. So. That, that's what he said. Well, he's like, they uh, missed yeah. this, 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 and this. It's like, well, you, you can't yeah. put everything in there, but yeah. So, so are you hoping maybe this uh, masterpiece becomes a movie series? Is that kind of where yeah. you're hoping I mean, to go? You're not against I don't, it, <laughs> exactly. I'm not exactly aiming for that, but it'd be nice. Obviously, I'd love to see the Black Sister Files or one another one of my books on screen. Yeah, and some of the, but it's uh, not like 
one of my top priorities. So, right. but it'd be nice, obviously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know they probably tell you yeah. not to read the reviews on Amazon, but I did because I didn't write the book. Um, but you're getting a lot of. Oh kudos. no, I do. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I, I do read every single review that I get nice. on Amazon, uh, even it, if it's um, not that good. I yeah. still and it. let me ask, what's the worst thing somebody said to you? Um, if I recall, somebody wrote to me a couple of months ago. And they said, I read your book, and I'm sorry, but I don't think it's ever going to sell more than 100 copies, <laughs> which it already did. But thank you, <laughs> I like, guess, check. for the We're feedback. Done. Yeah. yeah. Um, That's good. I don't know. Yeah, she was, yeah, the person who wrote to me, um, I didn't even know her. She was just a complete stranger. Yeah. And she said, yeah, so I read your book, and then I saw your Instagram profile on your Amazon author page. So I just wanted to reach out and say that. You know, your book sucked, and I don't think it's going to sell more than 100 copies. She basically said, <laughs> I, yeah, I was upset, but I brushed it off. Yeah, because so, that person... Why did they take the time to do yeah. that? I don't understand. I don't that. know. It, it's, <laughs> move on with know. your life. And then when you look at the credits, yeah, just, just move on. When you look at the credits, like there, yeah, there are so many books that I haven't liked that I don't feel the need to write to the author and tell right. them that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I mean, like to to your credit, I mean, you've published a book. Mm-hmm. To that person's credit. They sent you a nasty yeah. note on yeah. Instagram. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. anybody like can do Stephen that. Stephen King writes you a note and says, "Hey, this book's no good." Then maybe you should listen. You know, at that yeah. point. But if it's yeah, some no, random yeah. person that's never published a book, yeah. it's like, yeah, I'm not listening yeah. to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but like if Stephen King writes to me, which hopefully he doesn't, that would yeah. you'd be like, you know what? Absolutely, I know you're dogging at my me, book, yeah. but I am printing this up and yeah, putting exactly. it on my fridge right now. Yeah. Why don't you come <laughs> over and yeah. help yeah. me do the next it's, book? Yeah, we can work together. Yeah. We'll, we'll do a co-author mm-hmm. thing. That'll work. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So, if people want to find out more about you and and your future trilogies and all this stuff, mm-hmm. uh, what's the best place to find out about you and get connected to you? Um, my website, it's just Christina.co, K-R-I-S-T-I-N-A dot C-O. That's, that's it. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And they can connect. And if you're going to write yep. something mean, send it to info at beyondtherut.com, and we'll just throw it in trash. You don't have to write her yeah, anything yeah. mean. We'll totally do but, that for you. Uh, if you want to find out how to publish a book and you want to find out about mentors and a positive attitude and how you can invest in people's long-term future, go get connected to Christina and find out yeah. how she did it. and. Go do it yourself. We need your voice, yeah, I'll too. Yeah, I'll be happy to actually schedule Zoom meetings with any aspiring authors. Actually, I have one scheduled for tomorrow with um, an 11-year-old girl who reached out to me via email. She said she's written a book. She loved mine, and she wants to connect with me. So that was really awesome. Wow. And Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is really cool. We'll give her our name, and then we'll have her on, too. We'll just become a yeah, podcast sure. about yeah. young authors. Once she publishes, I'll yeah. definitely. <laughs> yeah. That's uh-huh. cool. I love that you have such a servant heart to give and pour into thank these you. people really because you. you've had people mm-hmm. pour into you, and you're you're paying yeah. all that back. Mm-hmm. That is that yeah. is really, really yeah, cool. Yeah, I just want to – yeah, I want to pay back all the acts of kindness I've received thus far. Awesome. Well, I've never met your parents, but please tell them for us, they did an awesome job. You are a great – young lady thank you so much and of and course. you just have yeah, yeah. such a great perspective on the world the main thank reason you. we really wanted you it. on is because we know we have a bunch of people in their 40s and 50s that make excuses for doing things and we wanted them to hear your story so they would <laughs> throw all their excuses out the window and get to work find a mentor yeah, i hope my story can help with that in some way mm-hmm. that is awesome now if people want to come by and just see you what's your home address no 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 <laughs> See, even at her age, she's like, not giving it out. Don't do it. 
gosh. So, like, I'm in the middle of Oregon. Go to a mountain in Oregon and just ask for me. Yeah. 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 No, normally, I'm telling the guests, don't do it. Don't give the address away. <laughs> now, I'm just telling Brandon, no, no. no. <laughs> she was smart. She's like, yeah, not happening. No. But you can go to her website, send her a yes. note, and connect. And especially if you're a young author, you know, like she said, she will connect with you and encourage yeah. you and Search help me, you. Yeah. Uh, so, just let her know that you want the help. Don't be afraid to ask for help. We all need yeah. it, and we all benefit yeah, from be it. I, I never. A lot of people are just afraid to ask for help because they're, um, you know, just scared of being judged by whoever they're asking help. Um, but I will never judge you for asking me for help, whether it's with publishing or writing or marketing. I will be happy to help. Mm-hmm. That is so awesome. Keep that spirit as long as you possibly can, and you will be fine in life. Everything will work out. <laughs> Thank well, you so much. Thanks for joining us. This has been Thank you so awesome. much for having me on. This was great. <laughs> now, be sure to check out the show notes at beyondtherut.com slash 246. There you'll find links to Christina's book and her website and so much more. We'll even share with you past episodes we've had with other authors who made a shift in their lives and published a book when they didn't think it was possible, but then realized it was, and they did it. They're still doing it, in fact. So we're going to share some of those episodes with you as well. Just go to beyondtherut.com slash 246, and you'll find those links there as well. We're glad you joined us this week, and the best way to pay us back is to pay us forward. So share this link with your friends, your family members, your coworkers, or that neighbor across the street. I haven't heard yet if anybody in these past five years and some change have actually shared our show with a neighbor, but you could be the first. So if that's something that interests you, Go be the first person to come back to us and say, hey, I just shared your show with my neighbor. Now, where's my sticker? And then, Brandon, you need to go get a sticker for that person because we don't have stickers anymore. We need stickers. That'd be great to have a sticker. Okay, I'm just rambling now. So, we're glad you joined us this week. Join us again next week. And until next time, go live life beyond the rut. Take care. You know, the best thing I love about Cap Show is that they have one of the best communities ever. As a Cap Showian myself, I always get invited to masterminds with industry leaders to get the insights and marketing strategies that take my business to the next level. Plus, they love surprising and delighting us. Go to beyondtherut.com slash Cap Show, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day free trial with the Cap Show team today and join me inside that community.